Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Argyle Chat. Joining me today is Chris Harrington. Hello, Chris. Hello, Jack. Just the two of us today. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure we've uh, got plenty to discuss and, and talk about after uh, you know Argyle's uh, first two or three weeks of pre-season. Yeah, we've not obviously done podcasts quite as regularly over some. We've had a bit of time off amongst yeah. ourselves and other bits and pieces, but hoping to be regular again all, once the season starts. All being well, we should be able to do one one a week now. And um, yeah, you know, it, it's getting into an important start uh, stage of pre-season. Uh, it's just under two weeks to the to the League One campaign begins. Which seems crazy. Which seems crazy. <laughs> the World Cup's only just finished and we're talking about League One uh, first game of the season at Warsaw on August the 4th. But that's the reality. It's coming around fast. Argyle are in Holland this week for... Uh, a, a training camp and um, yeah it's very close to being all systems go Have you missed the motorway over the summer? Uh, well I seem to have been travelling around quite a bit <laughs> um, not perhaps the distances that, that you and I are used to Jack but uh, I think I did what Tavistock Torquay Biddeford and Truro last week So, so you're warming up gradually Warming up so not, not long long distances but, but far enough We'll be uh, soon reacquainted with some of the long distances, I'm mm, sure. Yeah. So, first of all, it's been, we've played a lot of games. Argyle played a lot of games since yeah. the last podcast. Mm. I think the last few we'll talk about, mm. Torquay, Biddeford and Yeovil. Obviously, Tavistock, another mm. one as well. Um, we'll come to Yeovil in a bit, because I think there's quite a lot we can talk about with that. But yeah. first of all, overall, before mm. the Yeovil game, mm-hmm. what had you made of what you'd seen of Argyle so far? Um, I, I never try to read too much into pre-season games, good or bad, mm. because they are pre-season games. And you never know if... Uh, a team's had a really heavy training session on the day before an evening game, for example. Um, new players, 10 new signings, bound to take time for them to fit in. You know, they're living in hotels, they're trying to sort accommodation out, they're doing double daily training sessions. You know, there's an awful lot going on. Yeah. Um, you know, the standard of opposition isn't always the highest. So, you know, what, what kind of true representation are you getting of, of players? So... You know, you, you, I, I'm fortunate. I've seen all the preseason games up to now, so people say to you, "Well, what do you think? What do you think?" And uh, it's a little bit of a boring answer. But even taking Yeovil into account on Saturday, you know, I, I really don't read too much into preseasons. I'm sure we can all think of preseasons when Argyle have done really well mm. and started the season badly, and when they've had a poor preseason, and then they've turned up on the first day of the but season. I always won. say, you look back to the likes of Jimmy Spencer and David Goodwillie, who scored hatfuls of goals in preseason mm. and never really transpired into league football. And so, like you said, it, it takes time for, for partnerships to build, doesn't it? And that's what they're learning. That's a learning curve, and you learn from wins and defeats. I'm yeah, sure. and there's, there's a lot of players competing to be in the starting lineup at Warsaw on August the 4th, and um, you know, they've, they've been getting 45 minutes here, 45 minutes there. Yeovil was, was a step up on, on Saturday, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but you know, pre-season is about fitness, yeah, and and that's what it's about. And and of course, you look at the results, and of course, um, you know, poor results are a little bit of a concern. But it's fitness that is what it's all about: getting the players as fit as possible, so that come February and March, 
when it, the slog, the League One slog of all those Saturday, Tuesday games yeah. starts to take its toll, that's when you want your players to be really strong and, and still firing on all cylinders. And that is what July is all about. I bet the weather's waiting for the football season to start before it starts raining again. That's what it is. <laughs> first day of the season, it's bound to rain, isn't it? I mean, it always been, seems to be 90 degrees on the first day of the season, but... Uh, with the weather we've had going through this summer, you wouldn't be surprised if actually the season starts and then it rains. But one thing I have noticed mm. through all the pre-seasons is how grateful the teams that are golf visiting have been on, you know, on social media. Mm. Um, and, and that's one good thing that Derek Adams has spoken about. He likes to try mm. and get around to local teams and help them financially. It can help set them up for a season. And it's good to see that the clubs are appreciative of that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, 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 it's good paydays for them. You know, you know, Plymouth Parkway had well over a 1,000, you know, and... Uh, there were good crowds at the uh, other games, Tall Point, Biddeford, Tavistock, you know, um, all 500 plus. And for, for these clubs, it's, it's a lot of extra revenue, you know, stands them in good set for the rest of the season. And it's great for the players as well to be on a pitch with some of these, some of these players. You know, yes. You know, it's... Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's not, not often you see that in the South West Pitcher no, League. No. Um, so let's go on to Yeovil then. There's mm. no point to put it off any longer. 5-1 mm. uh, defeat. Yeah. What went wrong? Was it just a bad day at the office? Well, that's that's what we hope so. Again, you know, I, I start with the proviso that I'm not reading too much into mm-hmm. pre-season games. But having said that, a 5-1 defeat against the team in a, a lower division than you, you know, you can't just brush that under the carpet yeah. and pretend it yeah. didn't happen. Um, you know, they were 1-0 down after three minutes. Uh, they could have been easily been 2-0 down after six minutes. Jordan Green, who always strikes me as a very handy player for... For Yeovil, um, you know, shot into the side net, netting after making a good run. Uh, they were 2 0 down after 11, 11 minutes. Um, I thought Yeovil's attacking play was good. I mean, you know, the, the, on that evidence, they should do quite quite well in League Two. You know, Reese Brown on the left, Jordan Green on the right, and the two lads down the middle, middle uh, Zoko and Jay Yassimi, uh, caused Argyle all sorts of problems. Now, did Argyle turn up and were they complacent? You know, did they think it was going to be another stroll in the park? Were they undercooked from having not played, you know, a, a league team previous to that? Whereas Yeovil were match sharp, having played Swansea, Bristol City, and Bristol Rovers. Was that the difference that Yeovil? I mean, when you, I think anyone who's at the game, and I think there's three hundred eighty-five members of the Green Army, would have looked at Yeovil and thought, "Crikey, they look." bang ready for the start of the season they could start the season now I think they looked sharp probably quite happy to after a yeah, like that and, and Argyle looked well off the pace um, Derek it- Adams used words like abysmal and shocking which he doesn't do very often um, if at all um, the players did look a little bit sort of you know shell shocked by what had gone on and uh, you know it, it was a weird game they, they were 2-0 down they got back to 2-1, they'd, had, they'd hit the post, the, the keeper had made a couple of good saves, and at 2-1 down, I thought, OK, they've made a really poor start, but now they're getting into their yeah. stride, and you know, I was thinking oh, they'd probably go on and, and win the game. But uh, 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 Reese Brown scored with a really good volley to make it 3-1 on the, on the half-hour mark, and after that, there really wasn't uh, a great deal coming back from Argyle. So um, Derek Adams again said collectively he didn't have one good performance from his players and I could probably agree with that you know defensively too sloppy uh, keepers could have done better with the goals midfield didn't impose themselves and the attackers didn't take the chances they got so it was a it was a bad, bad day. day it was a bad day all round Hewish Park not, mm. not a nice place to go to for in terms of results if you're an Argyle well fan. that's four times that Derek Adams has taken a team to Hewish Park and they've lost three and drawn one now when you consider the record that Derek Adams has got overall 
you know, Yeovil are becoming a bit of a bogey side now. You know, pre-season doesn't necessarily count, but um, I do think Darren Way, Plymouth born, always make sure his teams are, yeah, are well prepared and well, you know, fired up to play against Plymouth Argyle, and um, they were impressive. I mean. I don't think Yeovil were probably as good as they looked on Saturday and I don't think Argyle are as bad as they were on Saturday. It's probably a bit of yeah. in-between, or we certainly hope it is, but then, um, you know, from an Argyle point of view. I remember last season, the Checker Trade game, you know, I said that Yeovil, mm. that was one of the best performances I'd seen against Argyle and, mm. and they still struggled in the league. It's yeah, so, you know, a bit of an odd one, isn't it? It's, it's pre-season, it's so difficult yeah. to, to call. But I suppose what, the way you, you've got to look at it, Art, from an Argyle point of view, is that if they'd sailed through pre-season and everything had gone well and hunky-dory... You know, maybe one or two issues that cropped up on Saturday would have cropped up anyway, but in a league game. And it's perhaps best to, you know, this is this is very much the glass half uh, half full approach. Yeah. That it's a good job that issues were highlighted on Saturday. They're in Holland for a week. You know, you know, Derek Adams is going to be working them. If he was, he was going to work them hard anyway. But I'm sure they're probably working even harder now after the the overall performance. And. Um, you know, maybe in the long term, it'll have been a good thing for for them to have a real a real wake up call. Yeah, that things are not going to be. They played against Torquay last Tuesday, and you know they passed the ball around. It was a great pitch at Playmore. They popped it around, played some really nice football. Looked a good footballing side. Um, should have scored more of the chances they created, but you know they looked a really good side. Yeah. Um, so if you'd seen them at Torquay, you'd have said, yeah, it's going to be a good season. If you hadn't seen them at Torquay, but only saw them at Yeovil, we say, "Crikey, we're going to get relegated." Again, it's we'll find out for real when the season, the, the league season starts. Better for it to happen then than on the fourth of I, August. I, I think so. I think that's the way you've got. To, that's the way you've got to look yeah. at it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned there some of the teams that Yeovil played. Was mm. it Bristol City? The two Bristols and Swansea. So, is there an argument to be made that Argyle need? Mm. tougher games in pre-season I mean it's all well and good saying mm. you want to go around to the local teams but do they play too many of a lower standard and not enough at the standard they should be facing um, yeah it's, it's a fair point I think um, you know we, we've touched on it already that Derek Adams and Argyle do like to get around the, the yeah. local area and do their bit for the community and pay back to, to clubs and help them get financing and I think that's good um, you you do need to have though a, 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 I mean what Derek Adams has done in pre-seasons before is build up the standard of yeah. the opposition and you know Torquay was definitely the, the, the uh, a step up in opposition and then Yeovil was a step up in opposition and we know that uh, they're playing three games in Holland this week one against a, a German part-time team who you're not really going to judge too much from MVV Maastricht on Friday should be a good standard you know their Dutch second division side finished seventh in, in the second tier of Dutch football so they should be good and Derek Adams did mention on Saturday that Argyle have got a third game but it's a behind closed doors game and he wouldn't say who it was against mm-hmm. or where it would be I suspect that one will be in Holland because they have had issues with playing games in Holland to the to the general public so if you remember they played Feyenoord didn't they last yes, year they in did, behind. Yeah. so I wonder if it's a Feyenoord type opposition game that they're going to fit in as well so if they've played Torquay, Yeovil and then Maastricht and a good standard Dutch opposition team, then they have actually built it up and, you know, should be reasonably well prepared. Um, there is the argument to say, well, wouldn't it be great if you could play a championship or Premier League club? But I think Premier League clubs have got bigger fish to fry in terms of flying around the world. It sort of surprised do... me that, I mean, obviously, mm. Argonne might not want to play home part of all the mm. building works, that's mm. understandable, but... 
So sort of surprised me that maybe Argon Cardiff couldn't play at Parkway and Parkway get some of the money, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, Neil Warner always brings his teams down here, and that would have been a good test. And that's something they might have to yeah. look into the future. It's tough though because then a few years ago they had Swansea, and did they mm. really learn much from that? that uh, and that, that's the other thing. You can play a Premier League or a Championship team, and then if you do lose four or five nil, what do you learn? But then again, I, I go back to the point. Well, you're better off learning things yeah. in pre-season. And um, you know, good and bad. And the trouble with that Swansea game is they barely touched the ball, didn't they? So they weren't, they and weren't it was, learning. And much. it was a fitness exercise. Yeah. And, and what did you really learn? So it's, it's, it's a tough it's, one. It's a, it's a tough one. I, I, I think hopefully with you know Yeovil and a couple of good standard games in Holland this week, that that should start you know getting them you know up to speed properly for um, for Walsall and August the fourth. Um, Derek Adams, I think, said mm. to you in an interview that he mm. had an idea of his first eleven mm. for the Walsall game. Mm. Do you think that might have changed a bit after the other game, or again, do you think he doesn't mm. read too much into it as well? No, maybe, maybe slightly, but as he said, and I would agree with him, collectively there wasn't one good performance out there. Yeah. So I don't think anyone that was, say, theoretically outside of the starting lineup necessarily improved their chances of of getting in the starting lineup. Um, you know. Uh, it looks like a four-three-three, which isn't a surprise when you you know when you consider how well they did last season playing that system. Um, he has tried different formations, all sorts of different formations actually, in pre-season. But four-three-three looks the obvious one. It's, it, you would think it's going to be Kerry and Ramirez with either Ryan Taylor or Freddy the Dapo down the middle, depending on fitness yeah. and, and things. Midfield three looks like um, Ness um, Fox. And Connor Grant, who you know I've been quite impressed with in pre-season, and then the defence. Anyone's guess? You know, you've got two right backs, two left backs, four centre backs. Um, they're 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 close. I mean, the way the teams have lined up in games, you look as it looks as though it might be Riley and Sawyer ahead of Moore and Smith Brown, but that could easily change in these and two weeks. They're going to be right on their heels, ready for that place when the, it comes. The four centre backs look pretty close to me. Uh, the two goalies, you'd expect Harry Harry Burgoyne to to uh, be in ahead of Carl Levin, but they've both had equal game time during the pre-season. So Derek Adams did say last didn't he? he did yeah. say that Carl Levin will be number two, Cooper will be yeah. number three. So it, it looks it looks as though that's how it's shaping up for Argyle. Any news on captaincy? No, I mean, I suppose Gary Sawyer is the obvious candidate, but he needs to be in the team, uh, yeah. I think, doesn't he? So... Um, Ryan Edwards has had the armband. Jamie Ness has had the armband. Has it at all? Um, I can't. Th- he might have done. Yeah, he might have done. But the, it's been a bit of a revolving yeah. um, issue that one. So Gary Sawyer, I would think, if it looks like he's going to start the season, but um, we'll see. It'd be interesting, mm. isn't it? Yeah. So um, before we talk about Argos Holland trip mm. into a bit, a bit more detail, mm. I was shocked to get an email from our colleague group at Metcalf. Yes. Um, to remind us that it's been 12 years yesterday since mm. Argo played Real Madrid mm. I mean I, I remember the press conference when that happened I remember mm. Oli falling off his chair mm. and it was all quite you know it was, it was like a dream to watch mm. I mean what was it actually like to live live that and go it, through it it was all a bit surreal it was in an Austrian town called Kapfenberg and uh, Argo had to travel a fair way from, from their training base at Leupersdorf uh, to get to Kapfenberg um, it all came about, if, if you don't know, was that Argyle had booked a hotel mm-hmm. um, in a place called Erdening, if I remember rightly. And um, it turned out that that was where Real Madrid would always do their training base. That's where they would go. And, and Argyle got there before Real Madrid uh, in terms of booking it. Unusual. Um, <laughs> so um, Real Madrid were very keen to go there uh, and use the facilities that they were used to. And for Argyle agreeing to sort of 
vacate the uh, the hotel booking, Real Madrid agreed to play in this game in Kapfenberg. So, um, yeah, we all turned up there. Um, yeah, a very surreal day. Lots of Argyle fans had travelled overnight and during the day to to get to Kapfenberg to was watch the game. Was there any difference funny, in terms of security because of the, the, the big names? Or? No, not really. I wouldn't have said so. No, no. It was, it, you know, Kapfenberg. There was a few people around, but you wouldn't have necessarily have realised that Real Madrid were in yeah. town. It, it didn't sort of... The whole town didn't come to a standstill. And it should be said at the time that... Uh, at the time, Real Madrid had the Galacticos, um, but it was just after the 2006 World Cup. So the real big names, yeah. Beckham and, and things like that, weren't actually involved. Although if you look at the, the Real Madrid team that played that day, Juan Fran and, and Guti, and, and there's all sorts of people that went on and had very good careers. And well, The uh, picture on the back page of the yeah. Herald 12 years ago was uh, mm. Guti shaking David mm. Norris's hand, which mm. again, mm. must have been Anthony Barnes, I think, was there, just Anthony looking Barnes. quite... Yeah. He, you could tell by his face, he was mm. like, think, almost pinching himself, mm. going, what the hell is happening here? I mean, Argyle made the, the wise move, they printed a programme, and they, they got some staff to, to bring it over, so there was an Argyle match programme on sale at, at Katfenberg. Um, Rupert and I were were over covering the uh, the tour at the time as as we did in those in those days and uh, so we travelled up and uh, and watched the game and it, it was very it was very surreal to see Ian Holloway in one dugout and Fabio Capello <laughs> in the in the other dugout obviously it was a lot more Spanish media in attendance than the the Plymouth media of course yes. <laughs> um, um, and it was it was yeah very odd to see Argyle play around Madrid I can't imagine. We'll never see that again. I mean, I, mean, I know there was nothing wrong with it, but is, was it, were you describe that as one of the highlights of your career? Was it good to see some of them? Uh, or? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. I mean, it was a pre-season game and it didn't, didn't really count, but, you know, Plymouth Argyle playing Real Madrid is, yeah. It's an Argyle's there moment, mm-hmm. isn't it? It is it's unique and it was, it was a decent enough game. Um, Argyle gave a good account of themselves. Um, it was only a late penalty from uh, Baptista, who was at uh, Arsenal for a while. Um, Josh Clapham, I think. Oh no, this is where I'm going to get confused. <laughs> but uh, I can't remember who the Argyle goalkeeper was. But anyway, it was um, it was a it was a decent game, a decent workout, uh, great experience for those Argyle lads, you know, to um, to play against Real Madrid. Hasniel Joffrey, I remember, was the captain that day, and he got to take out the uh, the pennant and swap the pennant around with Gooty sort of thing. So yeah, someone was... must have some shirts as well. Mm. You'd imagine. You would imagine so. Yeah. And again, some of those players that mm. would play that never really had a career in football. Mm. It's incredible to the story to tell your children. Yeah, I played against Real Madrid. Yeah, and I do remember, you know, afterwards, you know, trying to do the pre-match interviews, and there was Ian Holloway, me, Rupert, and a couple of others, and then Fabio Capello was about ten, twenty yards away, just surrounded by this scrum of uh, Spanish media, sort of who were in town. So yeah, it was it was a good one. It was it's often in pre-season tours, you especially the overseas ones, you play against quite lowly opposition. Yeah. And Rupert and I used to stand in fields in the middle of nowhere and watch games. And it was odd then for one of those pre-season tours to be... Stu- and the Kapfenberg Stadium was quite nice as well. It was, it was a, a decent ground. And uh, to sit there and watch Argyle play Real Madrid, yeah, it was, that was good. Hard to believe it was 12 years ago. Does that make you feel yeah, a bit old? Yeah, it does make me feel very old. <laughs> Don't tell me how old you were when that was then, Jack. I was 16. 16. I was, I was still in secondary school, there you go. <laughs> and now we're both here doing this podcast. <laughs> Crikey, yeah, no, it's 12 years ago. Amazing. Time flies. In a few weeks, we'll be doing 20 years ago. And mm. uh, yeah. It'll fly by, I'm sure. Yeah. So back to the current mm. day, and like you've mm. already mentioned it briefly, you know, Argo mm. are in Holland. Mm. Derek Adams undoubtedly will work them very, very hard. Yeah. But 
we've talked about the matches a bit, but it's more than just that. It's about bonding as well, isn't it? And that's what the likes of Harry Burgoyne mentioned when I spoke to him on the press day. You know, they, mm. they were looking forward to that sort of good bond and really build a relationship. And Derek Adams has shown when he's taken players to Spain in January, you know, that really does mean a lot to him, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's 24-7 when you're away and, and Derek Adams has been pretty meticulous pre-season in Delden, uh, winter, warm weather training in, in, in Marbella sort of thing. And he's done that. He's got that system and routine he likes so you wouldn't be at all surprised if they head off again to Spain uh, you know during the winter um, yeah the pre-season tours just aren't about the training and about the games like you say Jack the, the players spend 24-7 they're all they're all there together I mean it is interesting that, that you know talking to the new lads you spoke to some of them Jack and, and I have that they basically all turned up and were plonked in a hotel yeah um, and for quite a while they, they were they were literally living and training together um, now they're beginning to find their way and go to their own different bits and pieces. But I think, you know, the, there's a bit of camaraderie built up already. Um, so they can build on that even further when they're in Holland this week, um, get three games under their belts, um, hopefully a couple of decent games that stretches them and they can uh, put into practice some of the some of the things they've worked on after the Yeovil game that they know yeah. they've got to improve on. So, a lot um, scenario as well to have almost as many new players as old players. Yeah, know. yeah. although for Derek Adams, you know, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a theme, hasn't it? You yeah. know, um, and they've had all weeks together now, haven't they? We are getting used to those, sort of see, picture, you know, having a media day at the start of pre-season training and lining up all the new signings and you think, crikey, there's a team, virtually a team there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so it's, it's something that he's done before. Um, and um, you know he's done it again this year. I, you know I, I think they have done a bit of sort of the bonding. You know just by being in a hotel all together. Um, but uh, but the more time they spend together, getting to know each other more, on and off the pitch, should only help them when the uh, the league season starts. And it's getting funny because you speak to former players, and most recently I spoke to um, Jason Banton, mm. and he said unlike any other club he's ever been at, because you're always around them, mm. you really do stay friends with mm. the people that. You make more than he has at most clubs. Yeah, well, if you're at a club in the Midlands, there's there's nothing to stop you living in the northwest. Yeah, living in the northeast, living in London. Go home again after. Yeah, training. and you drive. You know, it's not unheard of. A player would drive an hour and a half, two hours from his home, go to his club. You know, um, that doesn't happen at Plymouth Argyle. You know, pretty much everyone lives in Plymouth or very very close to it, and so you see a lot more yeah. of these players. You spend more time in their company. You spend obviously an awful lot of time on a bus. So that's where, you know, everyone talks about team spirit. I, I can't ever remember a player telling me that they've got a bad team spirit yeah. in an interview. But a good team spirit is important in a genuine way for Argyle because those players spend so much time together. And if, if, you don't, if they don't get on well, if you get clicks in the dressing room, that is a problem. It must be hard to manage. Yes. Yeah. In some ways, you know. Good, ma- you need good man management. Yeah. Well, just talking, we talked about mm. you know that, that picture that we always see of Derek Adams mm. with all his new signings. Where do you think Argonne need to recruit before the transfer window shuts? I mean, Derek Adams mm. said that he would like to sign one extra central midfielder. Is that mm. the only place you can envisage someone coming in? Um, as things stand, I think, you know, if, if they get a central midfielder in, that would be 24 players, plus the young players in the mm. development squad. So there's, there's, there's plenty of bodies around. That's, um, another, that's another Derek Adams gave as well, 24. Yeah, so... Um, a central midfielder would make sense, you know. Um, I think just give you a little bit more strength in that particular area of the pitch. You know, Dave, David Fox is, look, looks fine in pre-season when he's 34. Jamie Ness looks fine in pre-season, good player. Did have a couple of injury problems last season. You know, Connor Grant's making the, 
Um, in one way, the step down from Everton, but in another way, stepping up into a league team and not yeah. playing development football. So, you know, it'd be nice to have one more, one more in there just to to add to that. And when you're playing three in one game, you know, it's yep. not, not unknown for two or three to be injured at once. No, so no, you need that backup, not, don't you? No, so you need you need backup there. You know, you look around the rest of the squad. You know, uh, striker is always going to be a, a, an area that you might look to to do. You know, Ryan Taylor is back training now so that's good um, but you know he is behind everyone else Freddie Ladapo missed the Yeovil game because of a groin problem now Derek Adams didn't seem too concerned about that and it sounded more like a precaution than anything serious but if there was anything wrong with either of those two players that might sort of go into the league season and be a concern you might need to look at that and um, they're going to play 4-3-3 at the start of the season I think um, but they do need a winger who's capable of coming off the bench and making an impact. I was going to say that to you. I mean, there's um, not been much uh, much movement in no. terms of wingers. Now, no. the likes of Greg Wilde and mm. Lionel Ainsworth yeah. and Joel Grant, intermittently, mm. had limited time at parts mm. last season. Are they good enough, do you think? I mean, Well, Lionel Ainsworth and Greg Wilde particularly need to prove to me, to, well, not to me, but to Derek Adams, yeah. that they can come off the bench and make an impact and then if they do that on a regular basis, then they might force themselves into the first team. Um, I'd like to have seen a bit more from both of them in pre-season to, to show that they're, they're capable of mm. you know, becoming um, good enough for Argyle on a regular basis. Um, I think there was the theory, and I, I'd subscribe to this theory, that maybe Matt Kennedy might return, and if, if Wilde or Ainsworth moved on, uh, then Matt Kennedy would come in. Now, Matt Kennedy signed a two-year deal with St Johnston in Scotland, so he's not coming back. Um, you know, you still wonder if Ainsworth and Wilder are, are not really close to the first team, whether still time, uh, isn't there? there is time. Of course, you know, just a reminder, the transfer window this season is on Thursday, the 9th of August. So it's the Thursday after Argyle have mm-hmm. played their first game and the Thursday before the Premier League start. So that's when you can only make loan, uh, permanent signings. Yeah. But then after that, the uh, EFL clubs have got until the end of August where they could sign people on loan or um, free agents. So there is a scenario that a player or two could start the season, realise he's not anywhere close to the first team squad, and then might say to a manager, look, you know, might have a mutual conversation yeah. and, and try and. So the, the scope for change is, you know, one for one. But I think, you know, if Derek Adams could get a central midfielder and have a squad of 24, then that's. That's a sizable squad, and yeah. then you've still got players, you know, the younger players, you know, knocking around that, you know, um, to add to the mix as well. So, watch your space, really. Yeah, I think until the end of August, you know, anything could happen. I mean, you know, with that loan signings means that you're going to get what four or five games under your belt. You know, come the end of August, you might have had a couple of injuries and things like that, and there might be a glaring. Um, area of the squad that needs improving that that doesn't at the moment. There'll probably be a fair amount of movement just after the transfer window shuts because then the Premier League teams will have their teams in the bag and then yes. they may be willing to let Correct. players go out on loan. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, I'd be surprised if there wasn't you know, a bit more movement yet. Derek Adams normally has two or three loan signings, doesn't he? Yeah. And at the moment he's only got one in Harry Burgoyne. So um, wouldn't be surprised if a, a loan signing or two cropped up at some stage. And there's one more friendly when they get back. Is, is, that, got, is that a first team friendly? That's team? Callington Town away on the Tuesday. That was the one they were going to play when England played the... World Cup semi-final 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 it was wasn't it so um, uh, it's the Tuesday before I go play the first game of the season there hasn't been any official confirmation but it's hard to see Argyle 
sending a full first team squad there particularly if they play three games in Holland this week and you know just yeah. five days before that could be the biggest indication what the first team squad could be it for that could be. so yeah it'd be interesting to see what, what, what team but so there's, there's, there is a game at Callington next Tuesday um, so it feels weird for you to say next Tuesday yeah. I'm still in my head it's still weeks away yeah, yeah so right. Right. And yeah, so we're getting close we are getting close there's no two ways about it so keep an eye on mm. that and just finally mm. a little off topic not to do with our goal directly mm. But what have you made of this ground set situation between Truro and Torquay? Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Truro mm. Stadium for a very long time. They're now having to leave Trey Road. They're moving to Playmore. Understandably, some Truro fans aren't happy. It's a 160-mile round trip. Mm. Uh, Truro have come out today saying they are willing to give unhappy season ticket holders their money back if they so wish, and they're also going to try and do subsidised coach travel. There's a lot of Argo connections with that club. It's mm. with both clubs, with Truro and Torquay. Yeah. What, what do you make of this scenario? Yeah, it's... Um... You feel sorry for for the people at Truro City because it, you know, however you dress it up, it isn't an ideal situation. Lee Hodges is the manager there, someone I know well from his time as an Argyle player. Mm-hmm. Still see him around um, Argyle quite a bit because he does a bit of work there as well. And um, you know, a, a really good servant to Argyle, and he's done a really good job at Truro. They had an excellent season last season, and they'd have been looking to to push on in National League South and and do really well this season. Now, whether this is going to disrupt the performances on the pitch or not is anyone's guess really, isn't it? But um, uh, some of the players there, of course, as well, former yeah. Argyle players. So, uh, you know, you always keep an eye on Truro. Lewis Rooney's gone there, hasn't he? Uh, Jamie Richards is there. There's a few others that uh, have, have been at Argyle as well and uh, and, and done well over, over the years. Uh, for, I mean, it's for possible. Truro. We spoke about this earlier. I mean, a lot of the players are based more around mm. Torbay and Plymouth. It, now, it is possible, mm. and, and don't get me wrong, I'm mm. not saying I don't feel for the fans, I really no. do, mm. but it is possible that they could play just as well or, or you know, they don't yeah. have to travel as much. It could, could benefit the, the team. Yeah, and, and, and Playmore is, is, a, is a nice ground. Um, we went there last Tuesday and, and all credit to, to the groundsman. I mean, the pitch was immaculate. Mm. I mean, they, you know, true. Now, of course, you know, two teams playing on the same pitch in the winter, is that going to be an issue? I don't know. But the pitch at the start of the season is going to be immaculate. And, yeah. you know, Truro will enjoy playing on, on that. Um, so I don't know all the, the politics and the ins and outs of it. It sounds like a supermarket is going to get built on Truro's trade road ground. Yeah. Um, there's been talk about that for years. There's been talk about a stadium for Cornwall for years. Nothing's happened. Truro have been a bit in limbo now. They're having to go to Torquay for... It's just for a season at the moment, isn't it? Or, at the moment, Or yeah. what they're talking about. Um, you know, how's this going to impact Truro City as a club going forward? You know, well, financially it must be tough. I mean, yeah. where are they going to make they make mm. money over the next mm. year? You know, it's not going to be easy. You know, people are going to be concerned. Well, is this going to be at the end of Truro? You know, can they survive like this? Um, I hope it works out for for them. You can understand um, why Tr- Torquay would do it. It's presumably extra revenue for them. So um, it's a difficult situation with Truro. It's a shame there isn't a ground in Cornwall that could. Accommodate that's them. the thing that what, yeah. what is the alternative you know they've been told mm. they have to leave the ground mm. yeah. I think they've been given two weeks notice possibly yeah. what other alternative is there well there isn't really yeah home park you know there was briefly talk about that you know at one stage because you know obviously home park's closer but you know um, I'm not sure that was ever really a, a goer um, in recent times um, so it's, it's it's a difficult situation for Truro City we Push him well, you know. Lee, like I say, no Lee Hodges well, and you know, you know. Hopefully, player players, football players can be quite good at um, ignoring outside noises and you know sticking together. And as you said, Jack, if there's a lot from Plymouth and Torbay area actually playing at play more, might not be a 
a difficulty for them. But you know, you should always remember the fans, yeah, and uh, you know, they're the people that they're the lifeblood of a club. You yeah. know, they're there. You know, this year, next year, the year after. No, Hundred sixty-five run trip for a home game. It's a, a long, it's a long way. way. You know, and and you know, as anyone knows, it travels up and down. You know, it's not the easiest. The journeys down to Truro, no. even from Plymouth. Well, just one accent, isn't it? Yeah, you know, if you've got to go through the Glen Valley or something like that, there's, it's not an easy trip. And then, you know, even from Plymouth, to, I mean, it took me uh, around about an hour to get to Torquay from Plymouth. And then mm. you're adding on Truro as well. It's, 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 it's a difficult one. So I hope it works out well for, for, for Truro City, but, you know, but, um, yeah, you suspect it's going to be a difficult time for them. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's it for today. I think next week we'll be looking forward to the first league game of the season. I know, we, so. can, we can actually start looking forward to the Walsall game then. And um, yeah, it gets very serious then, doesn't it? So, so back to the motorway, back to the old, back old routine. To, back to the routine. So no, we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to it. And you know, um, it, it's great the feedback we get for the Argyle Chat podcast. We are grateful for it. We love the questions. So um, I think you know next week we'll try and get back to normal, uh, routine. normal routine. And so if you have got any questions, um, you know uh, my Twitter handles uh, Chris Errington one. Jack, you are Jack first. Jack's J A K. Remember no C to Jack. <laughs> I can never understand why you got no C in Jack, but you know there must be some reason. Um, or you know contact us through through Twitter. You can find out all the various. And we'll ways try and put a story up. We might even put a story yeah. up asking for questions. But yeah, we all but have those great questions lovely. are good. You know, yeah. and, and we've got our regulars. So thank you, regulars. We look forward to hearing from you this season. And um, hopefully we'll have some guests on as well. Yeah, we we'll always try and get a few guests on. We've had some good guests lately. I, I missed the Rory Fallon one, but that sounded a really good. That was uh, a great interview. That was so. Um, we've got a few ex players that we can uh, we can line up. And um, um, Michael Dunford, I've seen the new our goal chief executive is uh, is happy to come on. So. Uh, We'll have him uh, as a guest early in the pre-season. We'll happily take suggestions if anyone's got any. Yeah, idea, anyone yeah. Who wants to hear? Yeah, them, yeah, and let us know. So you know, um, you know, we, we 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 like waffling away about Argyle and, and giving our, our our respective insights. But you know, uh, the more contributions from you guys out there, the, the the better. And I'll dust off some new music for us to on the car journey up to Warsaw. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll look forward to that. Yeah, okay. So make sure you join us again next week, and we'll be back. Looking forward to the Warsaw game. Thank you.